Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the franchise business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to franchisee Michael Clark for Hillary's and Perth WA and the surrounding areas. Michael chats about a flattened fence leading to his fencing opportunity, his move from the AFL to sales and then fencing, working alongside his family, and the highlights of building fences in Perth. Listen on to find out more. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu, I'm here with Ellen Rogers on the Eden Exchange team. Hello everyone. Today we're joined by Michael Clark. He's a franchisee with Jim's Fencing in WA, and he takes care of the Hillary's and the surrounding areas region of the Jim's Fencing team. Thanks all for joining us today, Michael. No problems at all. Now firstly, Michael, can you, well firstly, thanks for being here. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your professional background? as well as your current roles and the territories you're taking care of. Yeah, no problems. I mean, I, I started out um, out of school as a professional sportsman, believe it or not. I, I was drafted into the AFL system as uh, just, just out of school, and I basically had the first 10 years of my working life as a professional athlete. So, yeah, that was interesting times for me. And then once that all sort of finished, I, I got into sales, so I had another probably six or seven years in the sales side of things. And eventually when all that sort of wore me down, I, um, our fence actually blew down in a storm and I got chatting to one of the gym's franchisees from there and he highly recommended that I have a look at that option. Um, and that's sort of how it all started. I've contacted the, the head franchisor and sort of have a look back from there. All right, beautiful. And like you, made, you mentioned, you had a, a discussion with the head franchisor. What were the next steps there, and, and what are the territories you're now taking care of? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I, my territory is Hillary's, but I also do a lot of the surrounding suburbs as well. We're not sort of locked into one particular territory, even though that is our territory. We, we do work all over the place. So, you, as I say, you're not particularly locked into one certain section. As far as chatting to the franchisor, we obviously just needed to find out a little bit more about the setup of gyms and how it works and how we link in with the franchisor and obviously things like territories and how we get all our work. And, you know, our franchisor, Dave and Mandy Fitzpatrick, were fantastic at that. You know, they're an ex-farming couple that, you know, sort of came from the land and really down to earth. And, and ultimately, they were the people that really sort of put our mind at ease and just gave us... You know, good, honest, truthful answers, put us in contact with other franchisees that we could chat to. So it made the whole process really easy. So I can't fault them. And as I say, they were probably one of the biggest reasons as to why we actually ended up getting into it. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. In our discussions with David and Mandy before, we found that there is actually quite a good relationship with franchisees and franchisors. So that's really good. I have to say I'm actually quite glad to be on this podcast today because I'm talking to someone from my hometown and growing up in the Hillary's, Whitford's and Ocean Reef area myself, I know it's more residential and commercial shopping centres like retail outlets, that kind of area. Can you describe what your clientele is like? Who are your main clients? Yeah, look, obviously we mainly do, or me personally, I mainly do residential. There's the odd commercial job that comes up that, you know, over time you start to develop, I suppose, relationships with people and the word gets out there as to what you're doing. So you, you do get a little bit of commercial work. But look, majority in those areas is is residential 
mums and dads, you know, the house uh, or so the fence generally gets blown down. We do have some strong winds on those coastal areas here in Perth. So, we, we, you know, we have a lot of storms generally every winter. Um, has us fencing contractors rubbing our hands together. Obviously, that's where the majority of our work comes from, is, is literally from storm damage fences. So in areas like Hillary's, Ocean Reef, you know, we, we do have some strong winds blowing through there. So that, I would say that's sort of 90% of my work is fences being blown over or getting old. Um, obviously, being coastal, there's a bit of wear and tear on these sort of things. So, you know, that's what I'm majority doing is that residential... We get leads through the call centre, basically for that. So a lot of my work is pulling out the old fence and putting in a brand new colour bond majority of the time. So that's majority of my clientele. And as I say, we do a little bit of commercial stuff, as I was mentioning before. I've just got a big contract to do a whole estate. You know, there's 620 blocks in this estate, which I've got exclusivity to supply and install the colour bond. So, you know, there is opportunities. Look, I've been doing it for, for nearly six years and over that time, as I say, you know, like with anything, you start to develop relationships, you meet people here and there, and you get opportunities as a result of that. So, yeah, the clientele are generally good, uh, varied. You see a lot of different backyards and people's homes, and, and obviously being in Hillary's right on the coast there, it's, it's fairly pleasant most of the time. The sun is generally shining here in Perth, which is handy as well. Yeah, Definitely. Not many people realise that Perth is actually one of the windiest cities in the world. I think it's now ranked third windiest in the world. That's right. I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's extremely windy. Obviously, in the summertime, you get the, the strong southwesterly or sea breeze, as we call it. So, yeah, look, definitely very windy. And as I say, in the wintertime, we get some pretty ferocious storms with high winds. But we can't complain about that because that's where we get most of our work from, which is handy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So... In those residential areas, you must have a lot of custom design decorative fences. Do you have any highlight fences that you made or a favourite kind of fence? I think you mentioned at one point the colour bond. Yeah, colour bond, as I say, for most guys would be, I would say, 90% of, of what we do. You know, it's the most common fence here. The other thing here in Perth is we have a lot of fences, which like a what's called a hardy fence, which is fibre cement. So that, that system is what was used you know, going back 25 years. Um, and they're a lot of the ones that sort of break and people just want to replace them with, with a colour bond. But, you know, there is opportunities for more decorative style fences. I wouldn't say it's extremely common here. The horizontal slats are becoming quite popular. So, you know, I'm doing quite a bit of that sort of work. Um, you've got a, quite a bit of tubular, you know, decorative tubular, pool fencing, so there's a bit of variety there, but I would say 90% of my work is colour bond, which, which works for me because, you know, in terms of time management, ultimately it's a business. We, we want to make money. That's sort of where I've put majority of my focus is, is basically putting colour bond in because it works for me. I make good money out of what that, I suppose, particular job is as opposed to a lot of the, the decorative fencing in my opinion, it takes a lot of time and you don't get the rewards like you would with Colourbon, but that's not to say I don't do a, lot, a bit of it. You take what you can get. Uh, but I'd say majority of my decorative style fencing would be in the horizontal slats. Um, in fact, I've done quite a bit of it at my own house. I think it comes up really smart. 
and I'd say that would be probably the most common type of decorative fence that we do. It is good fun and, and easy to put in. So, yeah, but as I say, majority of our work is, is colour bond here in Perth. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, now your background is, is very interesting, Mark. You know, a combination of the AFL professional sports and sales as well. Yep. But how has that transitioned or helped in, in your current work? I mean, you also used to being in public, dealing with a lot of people. Yep. How vital are sales skills in, in the line of work you're in now? Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much, it is a sales job as such. You know, the initial part of this, the, the good thing about this job is, I mean, I enjoyed sales when I was in it. it. It does wear you down. You know, I was in commission-only jobs and things like that. So, you know, it's pretty cutthroat. You don't sell, you don't earn. Um, so it's definitely held me in good stead because obviously when you're initially meeting a client, it's about that, obviously, as I say, meet and greet. You've got to sell yourself more than anything. I mean, a fencing contractor is a fencing contractor. They're, they're pretty much going to do the same sort of job. What do you have to do to make sure that you're the one that gets that job? So having a sales background definitely helps. You know, it certainly has allowed me in terms of those skills, you know, initial contact with clients. It's, it's definitely held me in good stead. You know, obviously having that sporting background as well, I've, I've always loved being outside and being physical. So it's, it's the ultimate scenario for me whereby I can use my sales skills but I also end up doing the job. You know, normally in sales, you do the initial sale and then either someone else comes and takes over or whatever it might be. This one, I do the sales and I actually do the physical work as well, which I love. So it kind of ticks all the boxes for me. I get that physical being outside as well as having that sales side of it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of the two things that I've, I suppose, known and I can combine the two and it's certainly helped me I mean, this job for sure. Okay. So in our previous podcast with Catherine and with David and Mandy, we discussed how important family is in regards to the business. Yep. Catherine talked about how she joined the gym fencing for her family and to spend more time with them. And David talked about how he wanted a business with his wife, Mandy. Mm-hmm. How important has your wife, Deb, been in the business? Do you find that it has made things so much easier than if it was otherwise? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we went into this as a partnership. We, we work together, which may surprise some people, <laughs> but we, we do it really well. I mean, Deb, and, and for anyone that's looking at potentially buying a franchise, I think it's really important that, you know, you're both sort of involved. Don't necessarily have to be working together in it, but you need the support of your wife because, you know, this type of job, especially fencing, is extremely physical. You finish a day's work, you, you know about it, you know, so you need that support at home, whether it be, I mean, my wife, as I say, she comes out on site with me, not all the time, but a fair chunk of the time. But she also helps out and handles all of the, the back office stuff. So I think that side of it is very important because, you know, if, if you're working all day, if you come home physically tired, you, you do need that support. And I've been fortunate. So I think it's an ideal scenario where, you know, husband and wife, partners or whatever can work together. And it makes a difference because, as I say, in this particular role, this job, it's hard yards. You know, it's not an easy job physically. So having one, my wife, helping me, it helps the business in that I don't have to pay anyone, obviously, which is handy to help me out. But, you know, at home, you know, I can come home knowing that, 
you know, my wife's there to support me. She can help me in the office. Um, and the other big thing for me is, you know, being my own boss. Um, I've got two kids, you know, 13 and 11. You know, they've got sport and, you know, they have school carnivals and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I can go to those whenever I want to go. You know, I don't have to ask anyone permission. So, you know, I'm generally home after school for my kids as well. You know, I start sort of early in the morning and I try to be home, you know, three o'clock. So when my kids get home from school, I'm here as well. So that's that's all invaluable, like to be able to do that without having to run it by anyone, I think is so important. So, you know, I've got a really good balance of, of work and family life. And I'm very fortunate that my wife is heavily involved in the business and for anyone that's looking at potentially buying that, I think that's it's very, very important that you've got that support from everyone in your family for sure. Yeah, no. Sorry, not many businesses have a model that will allow partners to multitask and change job roles as the job requires. I mean, in this Jim's group model, you, you can also be an admin person if you don't want to get your hands in the dirt or like Deb, you could be multitasking, you could be on the building the fences one day and one day being in the office. Do you, do you think that's unique only to the gyms or do you think that's something that's like valuable with franchising in itself yeah i mean franchising in itself or any any sort of small business i mean yes it's a franchise but ultimately is a it is a business that is ours that we run you know we're obviously under the gyms banner we're, we're part of that group but you're only going to be as successful as as how you run the business it is still a business that needs to be run right obviously as i said earlier in the in the in the podcast that you, you know a lot of guys can put fencing in. What separates us from someone else? You know, it's probably the initial service. It's how we write our quotes. It's how quickly we get quotes to them. You know, all of these things are so important. And if it's, you know, if you've got the support and someone that can help out in that office, do book work, that is probably more important than putting the fencing in. You know, it's all well and good to put the fence in, but if, you, if you're not chasing up your money or getting paid, then that's no good to anybody. So, you know, it's definitely, as I say, it's running a business and there's more than just putting fences in in this particular business. There's a lot of back office stuff that that you need to be on top of. And as I say, we're we're lucky that we can sort of both do that. So, yeah, look, yes, we are gyms, but it is ultimately a, a business and there's a lot of different areas of a business that need to be run well. And I say to a lot of the guys that, that are coming in, you know, it's probably the most important, you know, it's not just putting fences in, it's how you run your business. Um, and that, that basically stems from your from your office work and how that runs is ultimately going to be, you know, how successful you are as a business. And not only the support of your family, but, you know, your franchise always are very important in that, that side of things, especially initially while you're getting yourself up and going. That's great. And what type of support is offered to franchisees, both when they come on board as a new franchisee, as well as ongoing throughout their journey with the business? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's not many. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am at the moment in terms of my business without that initial support. And that's the reason I got into gyms, you know, obviously coming from sporting background, sales background, I, I honestly, I never even had a drill, you know, I couldn't, hanging pictures was hard work for me, you know what I mean? So I had access to straight away, you know, there's 15, 16 guys that I can ask questions or, you know, as I say, Dave and Mandy are fantastic. Dave would, I'd ask Dave to come out and help me on a job and he would, you know. So 
to be able to enter into a, uh, a, a arena, I suppose, where I've had no exposure, as I said, didn't know how to drill, wouldn't know how to put a fence up at all, you know, within eight, nine weeks of your training, you're up and going. And even if, you know, I remember after the initial eight or nine weeks, you're still a bit hesitant, you know, suddenly you're out on your own, but you're not on your own. You know, you've got a group of guys. So, yes, you run yourself individually, but you've still got other people that you can bounce ideas off or get help from. And that is invaluable in itself. You know you're not going to be left in the lurch and you've got someone there that can help you so important um and you know i owe a lot to obviously dave and mandy initially that they were the ones that helped us get up and going and yeah i can't fold it. and I, I try to do the same now you know i'm always available for the new guys if they want to ask questions and that's it you know we are like a, a team in a way we we get together and have our meetings and bounce ideas off each other so you're not necessarily on your own, which, as I say, is invaluable when it helps. If you do have a situation that you haven't been faced with before, you know that more than likely someone else has been through it. You ring Dave and ask if he knows, or he, he could put you in contact with someone that does. So, you know, that is, is very important and obviously makes that, I suppose, franchise system where you have got that support um, certainly worthwhile for sure. So how often do you, are you in contact with your franchisors, David and Mandy? Do you find that it's a daily task that makes it so valuable or do you find that weekly catch-ups are just, just as good, especially after being on the job here so far? Yeah, well, I mean, look, Dave is a personal friend of mine now, you know, so we catch up quite a lot socially as well. Um, so, you know, we, we would talk to each other probably every couple of days, really. Um, whether that's everyone in the group, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we chat probably more socially now because as I've been in it, I don't necessarily have too many questions to ask him. But as far as, as meeting together as a group, we, we get together every sort of five, six weeks. Um, we meet at a, at a, we actually meet at a bowling club actually and we sit down and we have a couple of quiet beers and just sort of catch up with everyone from there. So, yeah, look, it's something that's definitely ongoing and um, and I'm a trainer now as well, so I get to sort of meet all the new guys as they're coming through. So, you know, generally develop the relationship with those guys. And again, a lot of those guys I see sort of socially outside of our, our I suppose, you know, scheduled meetings, which, you know, it's good to have someone to bounce things off, you know, because you are on your own majority of the time. Um, so, yeah, as I say, they're invaluable to have not only the franchisors but other franchisees that you can chat with or even share work. We, we do share jobs as well. You know, I've got a few guys that I work for them for a day, they work for me for a day, those sort of things as well, which, you know, you're not going to get anywhere else. So that's it's really handy. Beautiful. And in terms of, there are bound to be people listening to this who'll be the way you describe, you know, the lifestyle, the business, who'll be interested in being a part of it. Do you have any advice for any potential franchisees looking to operate, maybe thinking about pulling that trigger, yep. uh, and also any advice on what they need to do to make a success of it? Yeah, I mean, and I'll say this as I'm a trainer now, I'll say this to the new guys that, especially with fencing, you know, it is a physical, hard job. So, one, you're going to be physically ready to go. You know, it's not... And you can build that up over, I suppose, initially over time. But, you, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. So, that's the first part of it. Physically, you've got to be up to the challenge. Secondly, as I said earlier in the podcast, it is it is running a business. So, 
it's not going to happen. You know, especially being in a gym, some people might come in thinking, I'm part of the gyms, they're going to find all my work, they're going to help me with everything. Yes, you've got that support network, but it's only going to be as good as you make it. And that basically comes down to whether it be sport, any job, you know, you only get out what you put into it. So you need to be disciplined, one, because you don't have someone breathing down your neck telling you that you have to get up and go to work. So you've got to have that discipline. So that's what I'd say to new people is it's not just going to happen. You have to work at it. No matter how many businesses or franchises we have in our area, I think you can be successful by doing those extra things, running your business well. So that would be the biggest thing I'd say to people is it's not just going to happen. Yes, you've got the support, but you need to ultimately make it work. And that's through discipline and hard work and obviously having the support of family and friends around you also helps. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably what, what I, I generally say to these guys. It's, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but, you know, if you put in the hard work, you can make a, a successful business out of it for sure. And what about, so just want to ask, what about those who are looking to take on a territory similar to your Hillary's territory? Would there be any specific advice for anyone ambitious that way? Well, look, ultimately, when, when you come into the gyms, I mean, you, you can have a look at what territories are available or what the franchise or wants to be available. You know, the, the good thing about us at the moment is we don't have guys on top of each other. So, yeah, there is a bit more scope. But, yeah, look, regardless of the territory, I mean, you can get caught up in territories and all that sort of, as I say, when you initially look at it, you, you are sort of focused on, oh, that, that's going to be my area. But, yeah, that's one suburb of Perth that is yours exclusively. But there's so many opportunities and so many areas around Perth that, you know, you're going to get work. It's so I wouldn't sort of get hung up too much on a specific territory. You know, I work, obviously it has Hillary's as my territory, but I, I get majority of my work in surrounding areas. And look, to be honest, at the point I'm at now, I'm not really taking a hell of a lot of leads from gyms because I'm up and set up, which is the ideal scenario. You know, you're up and going. I've got the fallback of, of uh, getting onto gyms leads again if I need them. But once you're up and running, you're not necessarily relying on the gym's leads because, as I say, you're up and going, get a lot of referral work, you build that up over time. So for anyone coming in, I wouldn't sort of get too hung up on what's my territory going to be. I'd look at what's going on in surrounding areas and, and who's got what territory and what scope there is because, you know, in terms of how the gyms works, yes, you've got the territory, but then you have what's called your local area, which you can make as big as you like. And then obviously the leads are distributed evenly among those guys that are in those areas. So, you know, look, I think, I don't know what the figures are, but in, in Perth, in the northern area, the amount of unserviced leads is, is quite high. So there's definitely scope, you know, for, for more people to be able to come in and everyone be happy in terms of the amount of work that's around for sure. Fantastic. Look, it's been quite interesting talking to you today about, you know, what it takes to make a success of it and also some of the benefits, lifestyle and systems that gyms has put in place. Anyone interested, you know, we encourage you to head towards the um, gyms fencing website and put an inquiry down. Alternatively, you'll, you'll, get, you'll have a contact us box next to this podcast and on the Eden Exchange website. So please put your details down and one of the team will be in touch with you ASAP to try and get the ball rolling with your franchise journey with gyms fencing. Uh, apart from that, look, it's been a pleasure having you on today, Michael. It's been quite insightful learning about the business and it would be great to 
I said you have you on again sometime soon to give us an update on how you're traveling with the business and any next steps you're doing. No worries, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Michael Clark, franchisee for Hillary's in Perth, WA, and the surrounding areas. For more information on the Jim's Fencing franchise, or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes, or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thanks for listening.